0: would charles darwin have published on the origin of species if he had access to a modern day microscope today you are going to see things that well, most humans throughout all of history from the beginning of time have not seen so what does a microscopic world do to the theory of evolution which promotes the idea that creatures evolve from simple life forms to more complex life forms. Does smaller really mean simpler? These molecular machines
1: are just what Darwin feared, something that simply cannot be developed through numerous successive slight modifications. When you look at the world around you, there is clear evidence that this world was made. People just don't understand how important they really are. They've been uh, convinced by people who have rejected the existence of God, that they're nothing but an evolved ape. They're just an animal, not understanding how truly, truly important they really are.
0: This evolutional view is literally stagnating real investigation. It's stagnating real science from doing what science should be able to do. Welcome to the Creation Today Show, where we bring together interviews with experts and solid Bible teaching. Your host, Eric Hovind, affirms the ultimate authority of God's Word, the truth of creation, and why it matters to you. If you guys are here joining me and you are new to the Creation Today Show, I'm your host, Eric Hovind, and we are just on a mission to disciple the world one person at a time. If you have questions about how God's Word and God's world fit together, this show is going to help you make those or turn those stumbling blocks into stepping stones on your journey to understand and know what the truth of this world really is. Hey, to my creation today, partners out there, thank you guys for hanging out with me. Wyatt, good to see you on here. William, great to have you. Gary and Jill and Lisa and Cheryl, great to have you guys on here. It is another absolutely perfect day here in Pensacola, Florida. So beautiful, in fact, I've been debating, starting out this show with a little tune a little jingle, you know, something like uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's a beautiful day for a neighbor. I don't have the whole song totally written yet, so I can't do it. But something like that would be a great way to start the day because it is a beautiful day in a Pensacola neighborhood right now. Uh, great day to hang out with you guys and be discipled with truth that literally transforms our lives. Also... Time out here for just a second. She doesn't join us live, but one of our partners who watches the show on demand at creationtoday.org called into the office yesterday and blessed our socks off. Uh, She was so encouraging. So special shout out real quick to Tamara Nash. Your call to the office yesterday lifted our spirits and made us want to work hard even if you are the only one watching this show. Thank you for learning and for growing with us. Hey, shout out. Those of you out there on social media right now, you're watching on YouTube or on uh, Facebook or on Instagram, we are so thankful for you taking the time to be discipled through these conversations. If you're not already a part of creation today by partnering with us, honestly, I don't know what you're waiting on. You can make a difference in eternity with us uh, you need to head on over to creationtoday.org partner so we can change the world together. Uh, as always, to my Creation Today partners, you guys joining me here live, feel free to ask your questions in the chat, and we're going to get to those questions in the second half of this conversation. My guest today is an educator. Oh my goodness, he's brilliant. He served uh, or serves at Cedar Park Christian School. He's actually there right now. He's an adjunct professor at Northwestern Excuse me, Northwest University, teaching biology, chemistry, human anatomy and physiology, biotechnology, and one of my favorites, creation apologetics. Before that, he was a biology research technician who specialized in plant tissue culture and genetic transformation technology. I want to hear about that. This included working at Cotton Fiber Production Laboratory in Texas, the Plant Transformation Facility in Oklahoma State University, and Eden University which sounds like a really good name for a biotechnical company, Eden Bioscience in Washington State. He, like me, agrees that at the rate at which students are rejecting God and rejecting the Bible, it is unprecedented. It's a problem, but a proper education in science and in Scripture is essential to overcoming the challenges of a skeptical world. He's the founder of the Northwest Creation Network and Creation Wiki. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome... Mr. Chris Ashcraft. Hey, buddy. How you doing, man?
1: Doing good. Doing good. Mm-hmm. good.
0: Did your Did your class, he's in front of his class right now, literally at school. Did they go crazy? I couldn't hear them. Oh, yeah. They went crazy. Oh, guys, you got to go crazy again. Let me hear you. Good gig, <laughs> <laughs> Zoom is like automatically muffling their sound. Oh, okay. Well, I am so glad you guys are hanging out with your teacher. Is Mr. Chris awesome or what? I mean, I I... I'm loving learning from his videos already, the creation wiki that he did. He's got to be a really fun guy to actually get to hang out with. So you guys sitting in that classroom are blessed. We're blessed to have you guys joining us today. Uh, Chris, thanks for hanging out with me for a few minutes. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Glad to do it. And you're actually sitting in your biology class right now, right? Sitting in class right now, sitting at my desk. And and you are a teacher that that teaches the science of biology but rejects the evolution, the Darwinian evolution worldview. Is that correct? No, that's, that's
1: very correct. I mean, uh, and because of that view, I, I I have to teach at a Christian school. I mean, I, I could not ethically teach at a public school. I could not go into a classroom and teach biology students things that I knew were just a bunch of lies because ultimately that's what it is. These are a bunch of lies that, you know, these natural scientists are, are trying to use to convince these young people that of, you know, of a, but what is ultimately a terrible lie, that this world just formed all on its own through purely natural processes, and they're nothing but a bunch of evolved apes. I could not go into a classroom and teach something like
0: that. So I, I've i been teaching here at Cedar Park now. I think, I think this is my 19th year. And what got you into the whole creation-evolution debate? I know we want to jump into the microscopic world, but like, what, what made you jump into this so heavily? Because, I mean, creation-wiki, that's a... That's a job and a half right there you know uh and and then the northwest creation network i mean you're you're i don't know how you do what you do but what made you get involved in the first place well i i mean i grew up in the church and uh then after getting an
1: education in science and biology i i at some point i came to recognize that the church needs people with backgrounds in science to help with the conflicts that are being taught today i mean Natural science is teaching a completely different history of the world than we have in the Bible. And so the church needs people with backgrounds in science that can that can help with these subjects. And so uh, after being in uh, you know, research for a good a good number of years, I just made the conscious decision to uh, to get involved. I started the website that I that I still have today way back then I, in, the, in the late 90s. And uh, I, I it was just a conscious decision. I, I, I don't think you know, some people say they're called by God. I couldn't, I couldn't specifically say that I the was, was a calling in that way, but, uh, I, I, I felt driven to, we all want to serve and serve the church in some capacity. And, and that was my, it was a choice that I made to, to serve the church there. And I, uh, I, I, t- and I, ha- I had already done a good number of seminars, having gone through grad school, and you know, you know seminars are kind of a standard part of th- uh, stuff. But I, I, if I was going to start teaching creation science, start uh, you know, at churches, I, I, I figured I better learn how to teach first. So, uh, so I just uh, made the decision to, to, to check to see if there were any Christian schools in the area that needed a biology teacher, and there was one that was right down the road. I applied there and been here now 19 years. So.
0: That is fantastic. Wow. Watching a lot of students and t- tell me, is it rewarding to be able to see um, I, you and I both know the stats, the number of kids that grow up in Christian homes and then it's in secular college that end up rejecting Christianity. They end up based on a college professor and based on the education end up going, wait a minute. I don't know if what this says is true. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, maybe the evolution world maybe I'm going to follow the science instead of the scripture, not knowing that they're being, you know, kind of the science is being misrepresented. Is it rewarding for you to get this opportunity to spend this much time with students, showing them how science and scripture actually come together?
1: Oh, I mean, it's extremely re- rewarding. I'm, I mean, uh, uh, like you said, a lot of these young people, the uh, kids sitting there in the classroom right now, they, will, it, they could very well be doubting their faith right now. They could yeah. be doubting what is in the Bible, because again, what science is teaching is a completely different history of the world. And if we can't trust the history that's recorded in the Bible. How can we trust the plan of salvation that's recorded there? I mean, it's uh, so I, I I've I long considered myself kind of preparing them for college. You know, that was at least in the beginning. I figured, yeah, you know, I'm preparing these kids uh, for further challenges when they get up into college and give them some of the answers to some of these challenges before they get there. But I come to find, come to learn later that those doubts start long before college and they start long like before high school you know it's back in middle school that these students are really start first having doubts about whether the bible is true at all and so it's uh, it's if it's, it's faith, a faith saving ministry for sure you could call it that i mean evolution i i, I would say is the single big, biggest impediment that prevents someone from coming to to christ and uh, today and, and and uh, it, it's the single leading factor that that leads to a loss of faith for for young people that have grown up in the church, and it's it's convincing. They 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 you know they're teaching us this speculative history of the world, but they back up their view with a lot of scientific findings or interpretations of scientific findings, and backing up this this view of the world like they are with scientific findings is very convincing. And I mean, who 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 would suspect that they were being lied to? You know that their teachers are lying to them. That these scientists are lie- are lying. They, they they know they don't have the the real the evidence to support this theory and to be able to teach it as an absolute fact the way they are. I mean they can't even uh, explain the origin of life, and yeah, and, and that's the base big beginning of their theories. The origin of life they can't in any way explain the origin of life, and that they still have the audacity. To teach this theory as though it's an absolute fact, to teach it evangelically, and you know, won't allow any dissenters. I mean, you cannot teach a contrary, uh, you know, position in in a classroom today without uh, losing your job. I mean, you can't uh, in any way criticize Darwinism and, and, and to introduce intelligent design concepts or anything kind of in the like
0: in our public schools at this point. You just can't. It's a, they have a monopoly. It, it, I mean, monopoly is a perfect word. I was going to say, I, I wasn't thinking of that word, but it is frustrating when you see all of the television programming, all of the secular scientists, all of the, they are shoving one agenda down our throat, and it is a naturalistic, no-God worldview. And then they say, hey, you're welcome to believe in your God if you want, but if you want real science, follow this. And so I can see why it is so convincing for so many young people. Who are trying to figure out? But that's why teaching critical thinking is important, and that's what we want to do today. You've got a um, a presentation that you've done literally on the Skype, the, the microscopic world, and you have spent um, you've spent a lot of time looking through. Uh, I, I got my little uh, my little bitty cute little bitty uh, microscope here that I got my slide of uh, the dog stomach uh, slide sitting here. You you spent a lot of time looking under a microscope. Um, what are we gonna see? Do you, by the way, are you gonna be able to share slides with us or what's that gonna be like? Sure. Yeah, I can yes. share. It. Okay. I would love to see some of these. Take us through some of the some of these things that Darwin never saw. Matter of fact, most people throughout time never saw. And then let's talk about how God is interested in the details of life.
1: Sure. I mean I mean, what we've learned since Darwin's day is that the cell is is just is so complex, it's it's really hard to 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 provide an analogy to describe how complex a cell really is because nothing in uh human experience compares. None of our marvels of modern technology have the kind of complexity that we have discovered in a cell. And so you can't really point to a thing and say look this thing is as com- the cell is as complex as this uh, as this thing because it's it's really uh, uh, like a city. It's not just A thing that you can point to that you say this has the cell has a complexity this thing is the complexity of an entire city but that even really kind of pales in comparison as far as an analogy is concerned because the cell unlike a city can copy itself can make a copy of itself bacteria can can reproduce every 20 minutes under optimum conditions so you have something that's able to make a copy of itself and more than that it's able to move you know many of these cells have you know mechanisms that allow them to crawl off in one direction or swim off in one direction so it's although the city is complex it is still not as complex as what we found in the cell for sure wow. I mean,
0: so and, and and in darwin's mind the cell so the microscope had been invented they certainly didn't see what we see today but they knew there was a small world, but they certainly didn't understand the complexity that you're describing, that a single cell is more complex than a than the city of Pensacola that I'm in. They, they certainly didn't understand that, right? Certainly
1: did not, no. Okay. I mean, I mean there were, microscopic technology existed in Darwin's day, but even today, we can't go into the cell and watch these processes take place. Uh, the the standard classroom microscope only magnifies things up to 400 power. So you can get up to tens of thousands of powers with electron microscopes, but those are dead things that we're looking at. Whereas electron microscopes can't p- go into a cell and watch these processes take place. So, I mean, you can watch them cells under under microscope and watch them swimming around. And that's just a super cool thing to do to create one of these cultures that, where you can watch all these proteins just swimming around as you know, all over the place. But, uh, I mean, we can't look at us go, and we can't look at a, the inside of a cell and watch that work. It's uh, it's just beyond our capability at this point to do it. But.
0: Well, take us dive us into the microscopic world, and let's start uh, let's start talking about that. By the way, you um you did a presentation. I, I don't know. I'm asking you live. Sorry. Where you put up a QR code and told people they could download your slides. Is that are you still okay with that? Yes. Yeah. I'll,
1: I, I, can yeah put up the, I can put
0: that up right now if you want me to. I, I got it. I got it for you. So, northwestcreation.net, but there's the QR code, guys. You need to scan that. At, some of you guys are like, I'm watching this on my phone. What do I do? I'll email it out. So, we'll email the link out in the replay to this video if you're watching right now. Uh, by the way, if you're not signed up, you do need to sign up to get the replays of this. That's just creationtoday.org slash sign up. creationtoday.org slash sign up. I'll send out this specific link with this with all his slides because it is, it is a pdf to that it is fascinating okay go ahead sorry yeah so uh
1: yeah like i say if you only run through some slides i can just whatever the kind of format you want to use like, like yeah I say, start start I'm, teaching I'm right now sharing a screen with the I, I think you can see that screen Can you? oh nice boeing 737 five million parts wow yeah i mean although complex uh, like i said it's pales in comparison to to what we find in the microbial world just pales, pales in comparison. I mean, even something like a Boeing factory pales in comparison to what we find in the cell. Nothing really adequately can can you could use to describe the complexity of the cell other than something like a city. But in there are several interesting parallels that you can draw. It, from a city, uh, you, the cell has a central library of information like cities do and systems to distribute that information. They have machi- there's machines, countless machines, in fact, within the cell. And, and in fact, full city, uh, full factories, full of machinery. And so, I mean, you can draw many parallels like the, there has a, there's a cytoskeleton, a framework, if you will, that, that, that the cell, that the cell can assemble and disassemble at will. So it can, uh, set up bridges and highways and all those kind of things. And, and then, of course, lots and lots of machinery. Uh, the cell is is truly as complex as an entire city. There's really nothing else that we can point to for comparison, other than uh, something like a city. It is just uh, that level of complexity. But you know, and it's strange. We, we we've learned all we've learned this, and uh, scientists now now understand that the cell is this complex. But why do they still hold on to their faith? that the, that something like this could form all on its own through purely natural processes it's it's a dumbfounding at this point you can you can kind of understand how someone back in darwin's day who didn't know of this complexity could could assume that something like a cell could form all by itself but after learning about these molecular machines and these systems in cells how can they at this point still hold on with faith to this 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 theory that life, uh, somehow a cell just magically formed all by, its, by itself. They're purely natural processes. I mean, it's a, it's a level of faith that that uh, I, I think is even greater than the faith that there is a God. Because, I mean, there, there, there is evidence for God. When you look at the world around you, there is clear evidence that this world was made. And I think everyone knows it in your, in your gut, in your heart. You know that there, there is a God, that this world was made. So why do they why do they choose evolution? I believe it's a, a conscious choice. Yeah, they've supported this theory with a you know a lot of scientific findings or interpretations of scientific findings, but they can't prove. In my opinion, they can't really prove this theory. But people want to believe it. I mean, I I think it's just something that people want to believe. They want to believe that there is no God. They want to believe that they are just another animal because in in a way it's a it's a comfortable more comfortable way to live it's t- t- it's terrifying to live with the thought that there is an almighty god that has made us and that we will stand before in judgment someday i mean that's a that's kind of a terrifying you know way to live and people don't want to face that so they just choose to believe in evolution instead even though there's evidence for that this world was made out there they just choose to believe that that they're just an animal. I, I, it's just. I think it's just a conscious choice that they're making.
0: Well, I think that goes right along with Romans chapter one, when it says, um, you know, they 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 suppre- They literally suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Romans chapter one, uh, verses eighteen through twenty-one. Powerful. Um, they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. It says, uh, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. I, I'm sitting here mesmerized by your video going all that stuff is happening inside at the molecular level at the like microscopic level like I, how would these things come about and, and I mean you haven't even explained any of the processes that are going on and I'm I'm blown away at all these tiny things and it looks like it's ordered it looks like it looks like there's there's stuff in there going on and that's the way it's supposed to work and it and obviously it does because we have life today and it keeps on going
1: mm-hmm. yeah I mean that's the, that's the big mystery. I mean, we've worked out quite a bit of what's going on inside the cell. We've worked out quite a bit about DNA and, and what the genetic code is all about, but we still only really know the big picture. You just really just know the big picture of what's happening. Um, so even some of the organelles, like their Golgi apparatus is a, a kind of chemical factory for the cell, but much of what happens in there is still not well understood. We just... We're just they we just know the big picture. Well, much of the much of the details about what's going on are, are still they're still working these out. Because, like I say, you can't go into a cell and watch these things take place. They just take some cell fragments and and figure out what things are stuck together. And they realize, oh, this protein is stuck to this thing. And so it must be doing something.
0: I mean, most of our understanding is from that kind of research. Wow. Take us through a couple more uh, things under a microscope uh, and then I'm going to have to let social media go here in just a minute. But before they go, I want you to kind of share your thoughts on, on what they should be thinking as they see these things. But let's, let's hit a couple more things from under the microscope real quick. All
1: right. Sure. Well, I think uh, some of the biggest challenges to Darwinism comes from uh, the, molecular, the two big challenges. One is the fact that we've discovered genetic information and the other are these molecular machines. I mean, we've discovered machines inside of cells and you you have to call them that because that's what they are. For example, the kin- the machine that's being shown in this video right here is a, is a walking robot called a kinesin that's carrying a package of manufactured goods down one of the highways in the cell. Now, in this video, you just see one little bitty machine walking along. But when I called them highways, I meant that literally. Watch this video and you can actually see, You got to look closely at the interstates of the cell. Interstates full of machines that are that are transporting package, packages of manufactured goods to where they're going to be, ne- be needed. It's what we call uh, uh, cytoplasmic streaming. The cell can assemble and disassemble highways anytime it wants. It has other machines like uh, machines that we use that cells use to swim with. This is a ciliate that uh, is covered in these hair like proteins that uh, wave in a very coordinated manner to uh, move cells through their aqueous environment or to channel food up into their mouth, but we have lot, lots and lots of cells have cilia. This is a, just another ciliate, and these molecular machines are tremendously complex, and, uh, and 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 so they can provide an argument for intelligent design, because to have a machine like these, um, the the cilia. I'll give you just a, a what is what come to be known as like engineering diagrams for some of these molecular machines. This is a diagram of the cilia. The cilia is made up of multiple parts, all of which have to be there at the exact same point in time. They all have to be assembled together in the right order, in the right way. And then you have to apply energy to it. It has to have energy to work. See, this this is the kind of thing that Darwinism just can't explain. Darwin himself said that if it could be demonstrated that any complex organ existed, which could not possibly have been formed by numerous successive slight modifications, my theory would absolutely break down. Just break down, he says absolutely break down. Well, we have discovered these things. These molecular machines are just what Darwin feared. Something that simply cannot be developed through numerous successive slight modifications. A cell simply cannot build something like this over multiple generations. Because it has to have all the parts, and all the parts have to be at the exact same time. So it's a, it's something that Darwinism just can't explain.
0: So literally, you would not only have to have the cell created, come about by accident somehow, all these individual, pe- I mean, just the cell coming about, which is its own city, as you described, with factories inside, just that's difficult. But then for the cell to be able to move and to have these cilia, these hair-like creatures or hair-like yeah uh, uh, things on them in order to go through their environment. it like how would that evolve? how How would that actually happen step by step? Like all of a sudden the cell mutated and grew a hair out that didn't do anything, but then slowly over millions of years, like that those hairs eventually they started to get muscles on them where they like the whole process of slow, gradual, slight successive modifications doesn't even make sense when you look at the complexity of this no,
1: it, it really doesn't. So, I mean, wow. how, how can they continue to teach it? I mean, the, uh, the theory of spontaneous generation was disproved more than 150 years ago by Louis Pasteur. Yeah. You know, in a famous, he did a famous experiment uh, where he was able to, you know, uh, sterilize some broth and then nothing grew in the broth until he exposed it to, to air and then stuff started growing in there. But even though spontaneous generation was disproved more than 150 years ago, you still have evolutionists today advocating for its belief and, and and stating that it it it's it uh, has happened in the past even though they can't demonstrate it in the lab in any way shape or form i mean i could give you a, a whole bunch of quotes from evolutionists that that speak to this um if if you can see this is franklin harrell is a professor uh, and and states this life arose here on earth from inanimate matter by some kind of evolutionary process about 4 billion years ago this is not a statement of demonstrable fact but an assumption almost universally shared by specialists as well as scientists in general. It is not supported by any direct evidence, nor is it likely to be, but it is consistent with the evidence we do have. It's, it's pure faith. It's just wow. pure faith.
0: What is your call to the people out there who right now believe in some form of evolution or believe that, look, there there is no God? Um, I mean, I'm just looking at a couple things that you've shown, and I want to go into more here in the next half hour, but just the cilia, just the... The fact of what a cell is, the, the the flagellum that you're about to talk about, the the hair, the single hair on a or the hairs on something that can propel it through its environment, these to me show incredible design. What what do you say to somebody who still rejects God after that? Well, I I think uh,
1: I think they just people just don't understand how important they really are. See, they wow they've been uh convinced by. People who have rejected the existence of God, that they're nothing but an evolved ape. They're just an animal, not understanding how truly, truly important they really are. I mean, this world did not form all by itself through purely natural processes. It was made by an almighty God to be a habitat for us. But it's more than that. It's more than just a suitable place to live. Within the world that God made for us, you can see love. He, he didn't just make a world that had the plants and things that we needed to live, you know, food to eat and water to drink and air to breathe. But there's enjoyment here. There's beauty here. I mean, we enjoy this place because he made it that way. He made it with beautiful sights, be- beautiful sounds, the birds, uh, you know, uh, beautiful s- s- smells. I mean, he made of the world that was we were able to enjoy and you, so you can see his love in what has been made. People just don't. People don't understand their importance. That that this world was made for them. I mean, the whole of creation was made for them, but they they don't. They've been been convinced that they're nothing but evolved ape, and uh, they don't understand that they were created by an Almighty God. That they are not just. A physical being here. We are a spiritual being that is inhabiting for a brief period of time this fleshly body. But ah, people just don't understand how important what their real what their worth is. How much
0: God loves them. That that is a an incredibly powerful statement. People, Gary, even put in the comments. People don't know how important they really. Are. Wow, that is so true. Hey, if you're joining me on Facebook or YouTube or Instagram uh, or a television or podcast, um, guys, that is so true. Uh, I, I I invite you to accept a gift. Uh, it, you can go to creationtoday.org slash gift, G-I-F-T and, and accept the most beautiful gift that will ever be given to you, the truth of who Jesus Christ is and the salvation uh, and being saved from the, the penalty of sin that you and I so deserve. And Chris, you said it incredibly well. People don't realize how important you are. If you want to learn what kind of value you really have, please go to creationtoday.org slash gift. Hey, I've got to let social media, i got to let you guys go uh, right now, but I'd love for you to get more information from Chris. Please go to his his website, uh, the Northwest Creation Association, Northwest Creation Association. Please go to that uh, website you can see it on the screen there uh, it is um, it is a, a wealth of knowledge and it connection to his other website creation wiki uh, and I sure appreciate the work that Chris is doing you can find him there you can find him on uh, YouTube videos and you can really learn a lot I think uh, just as I have from Chris uh, as he as he shares the truth about who God is and what God really wants for you and for your life um, Wow Hey, next week, uh, i you are If you just joined us here on social media next week, we've got a great show for you. I want to talk about, I want to take this concept and go to the next level with it. Beyond Darwin, do we have a scientific alternative to the evolution worldview? It's a talk that I gave at the University of Illinois a few weeks ago. Actually, I guess a couple months ago now. And I want to give this to you guys because I think it's time for us to move beyond Darwin. Uh, just this, just the last couple minutes of conversation we've seen in the videos we've seen. Show us that it's time to move past uh, a, a non-intelligent, uh, random chance, no directional uh, origin for life on planet Earth. And so next week, I want to talk to you about that Beyond Darwin, a scientific alternative to evolution. i look forward to seeing you next week.